0: My guest this week is Jimmy Aloria of 3A Automotive Service and Victory Team Building. Sit back because you don't want to miss it. Welcome back to Ratchet & Rinch Radio, strategies and inspiration for auto care success. I'm your host, Chris Jones, and today I'm spending time with Jimmy Aloria. Uh, You may be familiar with Jimmy Aluria. He's the hockey player turned automotive service superstar. And Jimmy is also the owner and founder of 3A Automotive Service and also of Victory Team Building, where he helps to coach businesses in the automotive industry to be more successful. Uh, Jimmy and I are going to talk today about a survey he conducted where he polled technicians on what do they really want in a shop. Um, so we spent the next you know 25 to 30 minutes really diving into what that survey data says, uh, what technicians say they want from a shop, and how shop owners can deliver on those things. Without further ado, here's Jimmy. Well, hey Jimmy, welcome to Ratchet and Ratchet Radio.
1: Hey Chris, how are you doing today?
0: Doing well, man. So you're the owner of Three A Automotive Diesel and Repair in Phoenix, and also the founder and CEO of Victory Team Building. You know, tell us about your life in the auto care industry as a shop owner.
1: Uh, well, I've been doing this for about twenty two years. and um, i I got into I, I got into the business in in two thousand when I was done playing uh, playing hockey. my my professional career didn't last as long as I thought it was going to, and then uh, my dad was the only one that was willing to offer me a job. So um anyhow, I came back to Phoenix uh, after being abroad for a while and um got into the industry. And uh, my story is I've been trying to get out of the industry since I got in it. And uh, over the years, I've just fallen in love with, with this industry. And, um, you know, here I am 22 years later,
0: you know, you come from a legacy of auto repair people, huh?
1: Yeah. My dad started our business. It might, it, it's, it's not really third generation. My grandfather was one of the founders just because he was an entrepreneur and knew that my dad would do really well in the industry. And, um, so he he encouraged him to start the business in 1975. It was just a month after I was born, uh, but my dad was really the, the the main you know power behind getting us through the first you know 25 years in the, in in business. And then in 2000 when I came in, um, we obviously had to expand if it was going to be able to afford all of us. So um, that that was when I I put my my uh, creed into it. Okay. And
0: you said that one thing that I hear so often when I go to conferences, people say, you know, I got into the auto industry auto industry and I completely fell in love with it. Like, what about the auto industry? Did you fall in love with?
1: Well, you know, obviously I have a high affinity for mechanics in general, just because that's 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 who my dad is. And I think that I have that in my blood. It wasn't it wasn't my passion growing up, but just the 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 creativity, the hard work. Um, the honesty, the integrity, uh, all of those things were things that I admired about my dad. And, you know, as I started working in the industry and getting to know other shop owners, you know, I realized that this was a, you know, a, an industry that, you know, I didn't think too highly of growing up because my dad never wanted me to be a mechanic. He, you know, he wanted me to go to school, you know, just the whole thing, go, get a good job, get out of this industry, you know, work behind a desk. And, um, you know, as I got into it, I really realized what a great business it is. And then, you know, later on, I, be, I became a speaker in the industry, started delivering, uh, you know, service advisor classes, and then eventually started speaking for a consulting company all over the U.S. and Canada. And I mean, it was just, it was a progressive uh, love for for the industry and just seeing all the stories, seeing all the hard work, seeing the integrity, seeing that, that you, you had an industry where, you know that was blamed and 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 in some ways had a bad name yet the majority would lose money before they would lose their integrity and um that's where my passion came in for helping the industry you know on the consulting side of things is because you you have an industry that is just you know it 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 deserves to make money the people who are in this industry are are doing a hard job that not everybody can do And, um, you know, we deliver a great product to, especially right now. Um, and so that, that's, that's what I've come to love about it.
0: Okay. Now talk, talk to me about three, a a little bit, you know, how big is the shop, you know, square footage wise, how many bays, what's the size of your staff over there?
1: Yeah, we've got 14 staff. We run six technicians. I've got, um, 11 bays. We have nine indoors, two outdoors, we're getting ready to expand into another building that we have behind us, and hopefully, I'm um, trying to buy a property next to us. Um, we're pretty close to a three million dollar operation, and um, you know, we we uh, we we're, we're, we have a a specialty. We do a lot of of light duty diesel repair. So your F250, 350, 550s, the Isuzu's. Stuff like that uh, is is kind of a niche that we have, but we're we are a general repair shop. It's what we did the majority of the time until about ten years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, this is our forty seventh year in business. And um, I take very little credit for the success of our company. My dad built the foundation. I've done it for a long time and got it to another level, but the the guts and the and the and the base of what we had was was. Definitely for my dad's hard work and and know how.
0: Yeah, and talk about that other level you just talked about. You know, you've been hitting these three million dollar marks and beyond since 2016. What were some of the changes that you implemented when you took over the shop?
1: Yeah, no, we we're we're just about to three million now. We we were we were stuck for a long time at that 1.2 to 1.4 million, and then we 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 hit the 1.5 million uh, area once my wife and I bought the company. And I always wondered why why the shops. There's a lot of shops that hit that that ceiling. You know, it's like a, a million dollars is is a is a benchmark, a million five is a benchmark. And what I found in in that area was that, you know, even though the volume was up, it was kind of no man's land. And uh, and what I mean by no man's land is that when you reach that level in some in some application, I always wanted freedom away from the shop. I didn't want to manage the shop. So you know, when I got to that level, I had to hire a, a layer of management in between me. And, you know, it, the profits weren't there. They weren't, they, they, I I was expecting to hit 20 to 25% net profit. And, and, you know, you're, you're lucky to hit 10, 15%. Um, and that's with good mark, you know, good g- gross margins. And um, one of the things that that we've worked on over the last couple of years is really expanding on separating out the duties of, of the organization so you know one of the things i talked about at the ratchet wrench conference was are you are you too reliant on one employee and i gave the example of the service advisor and how many functions the service advisor does in a general repair shop you know what i mean they're all over the organization they do sales they do reception they do parts ordering they do parts returning they do warranty work sometimes they're out in the shop diagnosing cars i mean the list is on and on and that was one of the main things that, um, that I found that was holding the shop back from expanding beyond that one, a million and a half mark, then beyond the two million mark. And, and separating out the duties is, is what we're doing to take the business above three million. Is it, you got to have people, you got to have executives, and you can't rely too much on, on one or two people.
0: Okay. And you, you also have a report that you did on you know, what technicians want, correct?
1: That's right. That's right. We we had um, in 2021, we did a really detailed survey. Another couple of shop owners and I did a, did a survey. We did four different uh, cities across the country and uh, we surveyed over. It was ended up being over 200 technicians. But um, yeah, it was it was really interesting because I always felt that I had different ads. I had ads that attracted technicians and I would get pretty decent response. And then You know, when COVID hit and, you know, we were looking for technicians, you know, going to 2020, 2021, just wasn't getting the response that it was. And I don't know if that was just fear, you know, nobody wanted to make a change or what was going on. But, you know, when you're not getting response on marketing, one of the the first things you need to do is survey to find out if you're, you're, you're pushing the right buttons, you know, you're saying the right things. And so we created a survey. Um with technicians and everybody's going well how the heck did you survey technicians and and so we 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 worked with the tool trucks and some of the trainers to do an anonymous survey uh of technicians in our area uh to find out what they needed and wanted from an auto repair shop
0: so what are some of the findings of the survey like what were some of the top things that you saw or that you discovered in polling the technicians
1: you know there was there was a lot of great information but you know one of the things that that um i found out and i and i kind of suspected this would be true um but definitely you know pay is important you know people it one of the things that the when you ask them the question you know why why did they make a change and the main reason why they made the change was more money right but if you if you dug a little deeper into what they were looking for um it was really what they were looking for is they want that team environment you know like um it's like yeah we asked the question what part of your current job do you do you enjoy the most the team in the atmosphere was the highest highest uh percentage and that was you know that was 26%, which isn't a great percentage, but it's at least it's more than a quarter, right? Um, but if you looked at what goal did you feel you would achieve in taking your current job, 33% was more money. Um, what motivated you to choose the shop you were currently working for? 33% people in the environment, which is interesting because the, the other question was, you know, the the what goal did you feel you would achieve was more money, but what motivated you to make the change to go to the one you're at, it was the people in the environment. So, you know, the, the cult, you know, we, we talk a lot about in the industry, we talk about culture, right. And that has a lot of definitions. I mean, you can't just define it in, in one sentence, right. It has to do with pay. It has to do with attitude. It has to do with training. It has to do with time off and, and, you know, uh, attendance and you know uh, all those different things are are what we we we, we define as a culture um, and that is really important you know how these technicians feel how they're appreciated what benefits they get you know from the shop is all part of the culture and it's what they what they're looking for
0: yeah I guess and I suppose that does make a lot of sense especially now when you're looking at the fact, you know, it's, I mean, it's always been this way, but I think people are more cognizant today than they have been ever that I'm spending eight to nine hours a day away from home with people that aren't my family. So I, that matters. That has to matter to me somewhere.
1: Absolutely. And and we can all appreciate that answer. Right. And, but you you really got to look at it and you, you know, you walk into a shop and I've been in a lot of shops, you know, and we were in a shop uh, several months ago, you know, and um, you know, the, it. it you, right away, you could tell that there was a bit of an attitude in the shop, and it was coming from one lead technician. It was one guy that was bringing the whole tone of the shop down. And as soon as we got in there, we go, oh yep, there's there's a problem right there." And quite honestly, eventually that that uh, that technician uh, quit as order was put in and accountability was put in. That technician left. And since then, the, the whole environment of the shop, the sales went up, the production went up, the attracting of, of other technicians has gotten better. Um, they've hired a couple of other technicians because you you know you get these guys in there that are creating the tone of the shop. And, and sometimes they're the top guy. You know. Sometimes they're the top guy and the shop owner is just afraid that, they, that they're never gonna be able to replace them. And so they put up with it. They get reasonable about what they would work and what environment they would work in. And, um, you know, it's things like that, that, that make the biggest difference. And, and quite honestly, you can walk into a shop and right away, you can feel, you can feel that, that environment, you know, you can feel, you know, you, you shake the hand of the guy who doesn't want you to work there and he crushes your hand. Nah, you know, I don't know if I want to work here. That guy can't kind of gave me a dirty look and, you know, has a crushing grip, you know, <laughs> it's like not a welcoming environment. No, that's
0: very true. I spoke with a shop owner uh, a few months ago. We were doing a story and uh, he mentioned that very thing. He said, you know, my best guy eventually developed an attitude and it just infected the entire shop. And it's like he had to pull him aside and kind of give him the warning. Hey, look, man, you know, you're my top guy pulling down the the morale of the shop. And eventually he had to make that hard decision to let him go because it was an A-tech and he didn't have another one on staff. But you have to make those judgment calls sometimes in order to uplift everybody else. You got to get rid of the problem.
1: That's right. That's right. And, and, you know, the truth is, Chris, is that most of the time you can solve that issue. I mean, I've, I, you know, we've, we've got six techs. We got two of the guys are, are, are more senior guys and there have been times when, you know, they've rubbed the younger guys wrong and you talk, you sit them down you talk to them and they, they adjust, you know, very willingly look at responsibility and the effects that they can create when they get mad or, or when they don't treat one of the younger guys, um as they as they should you know and um you know we're fortunate in that but i've also had the guys where we just you know you just say you know i've given you enough warnings that you're just not you're not good for our culture and and uh good luck to you you know move on but it is really really important you know it, along that line one of the things that you know we asked you know, we said we asked what do you believe the advantages are for technicians that work in a non-dealership environment so like the independent right what are the advantages that independent technicians have and 40 percent said better environment no politics wow you know what I mean so you know you want to talk about like we talk about there's you know there's a technician shortage right the truth is is that for the top shops there's not a technician shortage the problem is is how do we how do we find the, the good guys out there right and And, you know, they're looking when they're in a toxic environment, a lot of times they're looking, you know, so some of the things that we even put in our ads, we've got to be cognizant of, of what are we, what are we promoting, you know, and that environment is really important. Um, You know, on the, on the other side of that, that question, we asked, you know, what does, what do the dealership technicians have as an advantage over the independent and overwhelmingly by 53% was It was 53%. Said tools and training. So technicians feel that dealerships have the advantage on the training side of things and the tooling. So you go back to what do technicians need and want? Well, you're walking a technician around a shop, and you know the shop's got a Snap-on scanner. Or you walk the technician in the shop, and you say, "Yeah, we've got the Snap-on." We've got, you know, the Autel, and we've got PicoScope. We've got these OE scan tools. And then also we do live training, you know, with a mentor. Which, you know, which environment is going to attract the top guy? You know, right. it's it's a very easy decision. The top guy a lot of times is going to have some of the, some of that equipment. But, Chris, some of this equipment, I mean, we spend – you know, I mean, we spend about $25,000 a year on just on diagnostic equipment between subscriptions um, and then buying new equipment and stuff like that. I mean, most technicians, it, not that they can't afford it because they're making pretty dang good money right now, uh, but, you know, th- it, they're not going to spend that kind of money, especially on the subscriptions. And um, so that, that led to another question that we asked, and uh, this was this is the one that's really funny because- you go to the uh, the the people who kind of run the industry from the independent side of things, right? You go, all right, um, what kind of training do you value the most?" And you know all the big companies have this online training platforms. They've spent millions of dollars creating these online training platforms. You know what? You know what percentage of the people that answer the survey want online want online training?
0: How many? Literally
1: 1.9%. That's, That's less than I thought, than I would have thought. Yeah. Yeah. So what What? The, what type of training they value the most? Live in-person seminars, 73.6%. Um, personal or shop mentorships, 84.9%. They want the live personal training. That's what they're looking for. They're not, they, they, this online, online training. Yeah. It has its use, but again, when you're, you know, and and depending on the type of technician, like I know the ASC came out with a, with a survey that said, you know, that they wanted this online training. Well, maybe for passing ASC tests that that's what they want, but for actually working and having to fix cars, they want mentorships. They want live training. They don't want recorded seminars that that was uh 3.8 uh, percent and and even um, online virtual seminars 5.7 percent so it you know again a shop can can attract the technicians with a, a, a training program that is not just like go upstairs and, and get on the computer to watch these videos you know for an hour a week it's more like well, let's invest in a mentor that Like what we, what we took from this survey is we hired a mentor. And um, so this guy, um, Adam Robertson, he's out of Washington. He calls into the shop on zoom. Um, They do a zoom once uh, every other week, and then he'll do training on the Pico scope with them. It's live, right? Mm -hmm. It's live. It's not exactly uh, in person, but we also do the in-person stuff as well. So we'll hire trainers to come in and do in-person training. Um, and then we'll also, they also have access to Adam through a personal mentorship. So, you know, anytime that they they can do, um, you know, any live training, it's always available to them. And we work with other shops to bring those trainers in, you know, at least once a quarter to where they can get that live training. But But the mentorship is, is another thing too, is, you know, number one, having it in the shop you know, between the senior technicians and the junior technicians, but also having somebody like Adam, where they have somebody that they can call, and it's not just a tech line; it's actually a, a person that they can call when they run into a problem. They say, "I'm running into a dead end here. What what do you suggest?" You know, and getting them off on the right foot.
0: Yeah, and that doesn't make it makes a lot of sense because you figure technicians are tactile learners. You know, they're very kinetic, so they want to touch things and feel. You know, feel things. They want to feel the world through their hands. Which is, why no, which,
1: which is why they're in the career they're in. That, that is so true. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's the, that's one of the challenges, you know, the schools have gotten better about doing a, a, a you know, a good balance of theory, meaning the book study and the practical, which means the hands-on they've done a better job of that. Um, you know, and, and quite honestly, some of the, the community colleges are, are better than the, the, than the, the big expensive trade schools um, at that. But, but you you know you don't you don't become a master technician in school you become a master technician by trial and error and by working on cars and the real you know the 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 the, the world that we live in in the independent is that these cars the average what's the average age chris i mean it's probably close to 12 years 12 and,
0: now. yeah 12 and a half 13
1: i believe is right? it? yeah it's it, it it you know we're not working on Brand new stuff. We're not working on stuff that's three years old. We're working on stuff. If a new car in my shop is five years old, right? That's a new car. I mean, every once in a while we'll get you know somebody will put some gasoline in a in a 2022 diesel truck, and we gotta we get to work on it. But other than that, we're working on stuff 2000, you know, 18 and older, and a lot of the stuff that we're working on is is you know turn of the century it's it's 2001 2003 2007 you're not going to see that stuff in school and you're not going to see the problems that we run into in the independent until you get out into the real world and you got to diagnose and find the split wire in the wiring (laughs) harness you know so um it's uh it's a fun it can be a fun career Um, but, but, you know, we need to make it fun and we need to make, we need to give them the runway, um, that it takes to, to be able to be successful.
0: Yeah. And it seems like you've put together, I mean, the framework is very clear when you look at, you know, what the technicians want, you know, they want, they want the pay, they want the environment. They don't want the politics in the environment. You know, they want the tools, the training, they want the opportunity, uh was there anything else was there anything regarding quality of life sort of things like you know included in pay like with benefits or other other sorts of things that other perks that would make the job better for them was that included in the survey as well
1: yeah they they um one uh health insurance benefits were were one of the things that they they wanted um let me see here yeah uh health uh health dental insurance 38 percent. they said that feel is the most important benefit um vacation was only vacation pto I, I think again we're we're asking for the most important so mm-hmm. the insurance was really important the pay was um was important right like like but that's a very geographic uh survey question because if you're in the middle of south carolina um eighty thousand dollars a year is you know a lot of money whereas you know in phoenix arizona it's, you know, that's probably pretty average for a technician to be be making about $80,000 a year. So, um, you know, pay was important. We saw saw that 40% wanted to make 80 plus um, and uh, 26% thought that uh, they should be at 100,000 plus. So, you know, that's a very geographic uh, survey that needs to be done on the area, knowing what the technicians are going to want. And we need to adjust our pricing based on our new costs. It's just like parts prices are going up, so is technician labor, and um, you know the, the the customer the shop needs to make sure that the, that they adju- adjust the prices so that we can afford these guys. Because Chris, it just costs us too much money to not have them. And you know one of the examples I gave at the at the uh, Ratchet and Rent seminar. Was you know if you look at your biggest expense, your biggest expense is the difference between what you could or should be making and what you are making. So if a shop's at a hundred thousand a month and they should be, and they're one technician short, right? They've been they've been fighting to get that fifth or sixth guy in there, or you know fourth or fifth guy, whatever it is, and that technician can produce forty or fifty thousand dollars a month. Why are we Why are we worried about five or even ten dollars an hour, when the guy that we need can produce forty or fifty thousand dollars a month? Right. You know, uh, so so tech pay is is a reality that we need to we need to look at. They do want to make more money, and they're not going to move for less or the same. Most likely, um, they want the culture. Yes, they want the benefits, but at the end of the day, the main the main motivation why they why they moved. Why they started looking was they wanted more money.
0: It's very interesting results. And as far as the survey itself, for shop owners who want to learn more about it or learn to implement some of the things that you found and discovered, because you mentioned messaging earlier, you mentioned that, you know, your ad messaging has to reflect these, these desires. Like, what do you recommend?
1: Yeah, I, I have um, I promoted this, you know, to the industry is to, to do the surveys. Some of the questions, you know, can be used from my survey. I've made my survey available um, and we made this available for everybody that came to the Ratchet and Wrench Conference, which, you know, if anybody hasn't gone to that, uh, man, shop owners sharing with other shop owners their, you know, million dollar ideas in these seminars. And um, so I made that available. Um, They can go to winningautoshops.com. And up in the top right, there's a there's a survey there or there's a there's a download section. It's just for the ratchet and wrench stuff. Um, they can download my survey. I, I gave the, the copy of my results, but I also made a whole program with the survey. So we, we did the survey in the in Google Forms and it's a it's a survey that anybody can make an exact copy of. We had uh, I've had a couple of shops use the survey. And um, it's very simple. I even made a video on how to do the survey, the whole program, and what do you what do you do with the the parts or the tool? The tool represents like your Snap On guy. How you get them to to help you with the survey and and leaving the the technicians anonymous because you know one of the things you don't want is you don't want you don't want to try and do a survey where you're trying to steal technicians. That's not what we want. We want the information uh, from the from the technicians so that way. We can take that information, and what we did was again. I, I said my, my ads were always fairly successful, but by having this information, we changed a few bullet points in our ad that really got the uh, the the response rate back up to where I expected it to be. And that that were the bullet points were the health insurance, the environment, the training, the pay. Um, all those things were put in the bullet points as as you know bolded out that this is the important things. And the reason why it works is, is it's no different than any other survey. We asked we ask the consumer what they wanted, they told us, and we presented it to them. Um, and that's, that's what you wanna put in your ads, is you wanna put the exact words and things that those technicians are looking for in your ads. So the best way to do that is through the survey.
0: Yeah, I think it's a very smart approach. You know, if you're using that survey in your region to know what people in your region are expecting in a job, you know, within
1: the shop. It'll be really revealing. I mean, I've, I've, I, it's, it's amazing. And we, you know, there's in that download, Chris, there's a customer survey as well that, that comes in the whole package. It's another seminar that, that, that I delivered at Ratchet and Wrench, but um, it's very revealing when you actually go out and survey and ask people, you'll, you'll, you'll be the tech, the shop owners will be really shocked at what they find out and and they'll feel a lot more confident in their ads um, and what they're presenting to technicians to land these top guys. I mean, we've in, in the last year, we've hired you know uh, I think four four guys from these these new current ads, and they're these are good guys, you know, so one of them's a you know top top rated technician, and the other guys are are more b level, but they're but they're the the ones that you want, the ones that show up to work every day. They show up on time. they're willing to learn, they've invested in their careers. They're who we need to be bringing up and turning into a technicians
0: right on man so the so shop owners who are interested they can get this at winningautoshops.com. and if, if they're interested in working with you directly jimmy how do they do that
1: yeah they can they can reach out to me at jimmy at winning um, or they can um, you know give me a call through the through the website I, My my cell phone is 602-908-0813 um, and uh, reach out to me. I'd be happy to help you with the, you know, anybody with the survey, the program. I, I did a whole video on it, Chris. So um, it's pretty self explanatory. But if anybody needs any help with it or, or wants to just discuss it, uh, feel free to reach out to me uh, at uh, Jimmy at Awesome.
0: Thanks so much for your time today, Jimmy. Yeah.
1: Thanks a lot, Chris.
0: And that's going to do it for us here today at Ratchet and Wrench Radio. Uh, I'd like to invite you to follow us on our social media channels on Instagram. Facebook, and Twitter, as well as subscribe to our email newsletter, which goes out daily. Uh, And you can find that at RatchetAndWrench.com. That's R-A-T-C-H-E-T-A-N-D-W-R-E-N-C-H.com. And may the rest of your day be the best of your day. And we'll see you next week.